Hello and welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, the podcast where a few booktopians get together each week to talk book news, share what they've been reading lately, and then face off in a deathly round of book trivia we like to call book fight. I'm Olivia Frico, senior content producer and editor of the Booktopian blog, and I'm delighted to be your host this week. Joining me today is Ash Berry, our campaign's coordinator. Hi, Ash. Hey, Liv. Uh, Sam Joyce, our campaign's manager. Hi, Liv. And joining us today for the very first time is Thomas Ott, our senior digital marketing manager. Hi, Tom. Hi, Liv, and uh, happy Friday to everyone. <laughs> awesome. So let's get into it. Um, so on the book news front, the major news item this week is the Stella Prize winner, which was announced last night. So the 2021 winner of the Stella Prize was announced as Evie Wilde for her novel The Bass Rock. I've been saying it Bass Rock for so long, but I'm listening to the audiobook now and it's apparently pronounced Bass Rock. Hmm, My bad. good to know. Yeah, so it's a really good novel. It spans four centuries to follow the lives of three different women who've lived near this Scottish natural landmark, the Bass Rock, and how their lives have been come to be affected by men. Uh, so the judges have praised it for it, um, the large and diverse cast of characters and the judges have said this book will leave readers uncertain and questioning but also full of the imagery and atmosphere Wilde brings to life so masterfully on the page. Uh, so has anyone here read The Bass Rock? I've not but I am intrigued too. It um, really until I, I heard the announcement mm. um, but uh, I love the cover. It's got a lot of movement in it with the with the waves and also the birds in the background as well so that really got my attention when I looked into it a bit mm. more and it's set in Scotland right yeah and yeah the same spot like as I said like the lives yeah. of three different women yeah and it's really it's really interesting the voice the tone like between all three of them is very different and it's really interesting in how it's narrated and like I don't know it's like this Gorgeous gothic haunting story. Is it interwoven? Ooh. You're currently listening to it. Yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, it, it switches so it, chapters. And okay, jumps around between them. Yeah, and some of them have different perspectives. So, like, one of them is told from the perspective of, like, a young man um, who's in the life of this young woman. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and then hmm. some are in, like, first person and... Yeah, I'm really... I, I love mm. a good interconnected uh, yeah. story, especially this one. It looks very atmospheric. Yes. Like atmospheric you're saying with the cover, Yes, you know, it's a wave crashing yeah. into a cliff. Yeah. So you know exactly the kind of yeah. story you're in line for. Yeah, I love Scotland. Um, and when you said gothic, I was like, yep, cool, down for it. Add that to the list. Mm. I've got to read Migrations first, but then I'll, then I'll read oh, this Oh, that one. is amazing. Yeah. I always forget that they changed the Aussie title of that from the last migration to migration. I like the last migration better, but mm. I yeah, got the um, I got the second format, which is the using the US title migrations. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 on my list now. So. <laughs> I think if you liked migrations, you will like the Bass Rock. Okay, it's been a bit of a dividing one um, in Booktopia staff. I won't name names, but <laughs> um, last migration. No, um, the Bass Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I actually do love that. All right. I like, yeah. I like joining a controversial book chat. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess if there's ever a time for me to move away from my self-help <laughs> You could try this one, This time. could be it's one that I can explore. Yeah. An award-winning book. It's a good starting point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so Evie takes home $50,000 in prize money from the Wilson Foundation. Um, which is just completely life-changing for any author, especially in Australia. So congrats, Evie, and happy reading for anyone who picks up the Bass Rock. Right, so let's move on to the books that 
we have been reading. Um, I'm tempted to um, torture Tom and make you go first, but I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to make you do that. You're um, so cruel to me, Olivia. <laughs> it's your first episode. You've got to haze you a little bit. Um, Sam or Ash, who would like to go first? Uh, yeah. Ash, yeah. Okay, Ash. I can go. I can go. You can. You are alphabetically first on the list. So. That's true. Uh, so my book I'm talking to you guys about, and I think I've spoken to everyone about it here because I've been reading it for the better part of two weeks. It's uh, Pandora's Star, Peter F. Hamilton. Uh, so this is part one in his Commonwealth Saga. So it's a duology. Uh, so it's set... 2329 AD. So humans have colonised hundreds of planets at this point. Uh, of course we have. You know, it's inevitable, really. <laughs> um, it's, they're interlinked by wormholes. Uh, but the core story of this one is that they notice in the distance a star vanishes, overtaken by a force field. So naturally they have to go and investigate. So it's kind of a scientific, exploratory mission. Uh, they have to build a ship you know, they've been travelling with wormholes, but this is so far away, like thousands of light years away, they have to build a ship to get there. But the question kind of is, was there a good reason that this star system was encased in a force field? So we kind of go on that journey. But that is such a rough summary of this book. You know, <laughs> it, this edition clocks in at about 1,100 pages. Um, there are 43 main characters listed before you start the book as a reference. Oh, I love when there's a list of characters. At the I have used this more than once because <laughs> you get, you, do, you know, you spend about 300, 400 pages before you get back to a particular character again. And just as a refresh, they've got the list and who they are. So to put it simply, that's the scope we're looking at. Um, the quote, there's a quote on the cover of this, staggering and poetic. And, you know, if there were two words to describe this book, uh, I would use those two. You know, they perfectly encompass just the immense nature of this. You know, like I said, there's hundreds of worlds. Uh, they're all geographically, historically, socially, politically different. Um, it's truly all-encompassing. So when it comes to books like this, epic fantasies and sci-fis, uh, world-building is obviously extremely important, and that is my, like, favourite thing about these is the world-building and this lives up to it. You know, there's a reason I believe Peter of Hamilton's called the master of space opera. You know, on here, Britain's number one selling science fiction writer. And there's a reason for it, you know. It's so rich, um, incredibly intricate in the politics. Um, and there's so much story to tell, you know. This is part of a duology, but it's also part of his Commonwealth universe. So there's seven books. Um, so And that's book one. This is book one. There's one before it, but I think it came out after. Right. So this is book one of it. Um, yeah. So we all know what books Ash will be bringing to the table. <laughs> no, honestly, book yeah, bookmark me for the next couple. Yeah. I'll yep, go cool. through the Commonwealth saga with everyone. <laughs> we can live on this journey together, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've still got to get through the next one, which is equivalent in size, wow. 1,100 pages. So, um, but apparently you should think of them as one story. Okay. So right. I don't think I'm allowed to take yeah. a break. Okay. Uh, I feel like we're setting up for a battle mm. and then the battle will happen in the next yeah. book. It's always so impressive to me when authors can hold all of those threads 
together, particularly when it's not just one one book or a duology of that scale, when it's mm-hmm. part of a series and part of a universe. Like, it blows my mind. How do their brains not? It's one of those ones where you can just visually picture their almost murder board, you yeah. know, where it's just like all these graphics and elements with Tied strings together. trying to connect them. The absolute yeah. headache it would take yeah. to keep track of all these characters, who they actually are and where the story is going to go. And then you see a world yeah. just for a little bit. And, you know, he's had to – you can tell there is an extensive history backing everything mm. that we will probably never know, mm. but it's needed to for him to get his head around the story and create the world. Yeah. You know, and – that by itself is impressive but also it's a science fiction it's there's a lot of science in here and I always love seeing how authors envision this uh colonization into space yeah like what is this science fiction author going to Mm. um give humans is that ability so you know there's wormhole technology which facilitated this there's um rejuvenation technology allowing people to pretty much live forever um, cellular reprofiling so you can change your appearance wow. there's uh, like memory banks where you can store a lifetime worth of memories and pull them up there's e-butlers so it's kind of like this little it's very technologically technologically driven mm. um, and you know nothing is quite rem- like different but it's all very innovative which I really enjoy so this book has been part of my want to read more epic fantasies and science fictions because I love the genre but the size of the books are always so daunting so I'm making more time so I'm glad to say that even though it's taken me two weeks to read this it's been time well spent you know I don't regret it um I'm really enjoying because it's so hard I've got so many books to read and when I'm reading one book for two weeks that's that's a lengthy time for me that's an investment it's a huge investment. So, nope, time well spent. I'm going to continue the series, at least the duology for now. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, I started this because I wanted to start Peter F. Hamilton. Didn't know where to start. This was recommended as a good starting point. So, if anyone wants to start Peter F. Hamilton and you don't know where to go, because, you know, I know his salvation sequence. Mm really popular and yeah. I didn't want to dive sh- I never like diving straight into an author's most popular work because mm. I want to work up to you know this really um, amazing series so this is a really good starting point you know if you like space operas if you're in the mood for science fiction I highly recommend awesome damn sounds amazing <laughs> sounds great yeah Tune in next time. <laughs> we'll go through <laughs> Judas Unchained. Definitely. <laughs> I was going to be like, so tell us about your next book, then realised that you have not, you've been consumed by this. <laughs> yeah, I think the next book will have to be the sequel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've also been reading a short story book, but to me, you know, I, I really like those because you can read one and then pick it up in a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one I've been reading is The Paper Menagerie and Other Stories by Ken Liu. Oh. Um, so science fiction as well. Um which is really good. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to read one for two weeks, um, but I'm really enjoying it. You know, I like a good short story book, especially science fiction. Um, a few years ago, I read a book called Invisible Planets, which he selected and translated the short stories of. So it's Chinese science fiction short stories. Really cool, really unique science fiction concepts, um, things that visually stay with me. So this is more of an exploration of that wasn't his work, but he selected those stories. So it's more seeing where his mind is. And 
hopefully I can get more into that <laughs> once I – my plan is to finish this book tonight, so I'll see how I go. Yeah. I believe in you. Thanks, Thanks If anyone can do it, it will be you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks so much, Ash. Tom, would you like to share with us what you've been reading and loving lately? Absolutely, I'd love to. Um, so, actually, I'm cheating a little bit because uh, technically I should be read it, talking about a book that I'm currently reading, but I finished this one only 48 hours ago. So There I are think... no hard and fast rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, so the book that... I've recently finished is uh, is Shoe Dog, uh, mm. by by Phil Knight. So that was written by the the co-founder of of Nike, and uh, he basically tells tells the story of how he started the company, uh, in initially importing uh, shoes into the U.S. Uh, from Japan, high quality and at a low cost athletic shoes, um, and basically telling me the story and, and telling everyone the story about how he's transformed it. Um, into one of the most successful companies in history, you know, now topping sales of over 30 billion US dollars. Um, and he basically covers off the, the struggles that he's faced, both at a business level and also at a personal level, and how he really managed to overcome them. Uh, it, it is written with a lot of uh, humility, humility and a lot of humor. Uh, for me, it, it resonated very closely just because I have a huge love for a huge love for sports and, and also an interest in business, of course. So so it's married up uh, what's important to me. Um, it was fantastic. I would really recommend it to anyone. I think someone said to me in passing that this was the type of book that has only gotten more popular as the years have progressed um, and something that's really starting to gain some traction. Are you listening to the audiobook? Because I, I know you normally listen to audiobooks, or are you reading this one? I do, and, and yes, I'm, I'm actually listening. That's correct. Uh, if I read, then it will take me uh, four times as long. <laughs> listen, as a recent convert to audiobooks, I'm just like going around to everyone going, do you know how good they are? Like, how good are audiobooks? And they're like, yeah, Liv, we know. They've been a thing for a few years now. Can you believe oh. it? <laughs> Driving and reading at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one to start, so I'm going to try one of my first audiobooks very soon. Wow. I'm going to. I borrowed Honeybee, the oh, audiobook ah. from the library. That would be a good one. So. I, I think as a new, as everyone starts returning to the office and commuting longer and longer, it becomes yeah. Yeah. very helpful to all of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another one that was fantastic was Never Split the Difference. That was a book by a former FBI hostage negotiator. Uh, Chris Voss, um, and he's an absolute f fascinating personality who started working for the police in, in Kansas City uh, before eventually transitioning into uh, an FBI role uh, where he became involved in, in hostage negotiations. Uh, so he tells the story of the tactics that he used in, in, in multiple international hostage situations um, you know, involving bank robbers in the United States, uh, as well as terrorists throughout parts of Asia, including the Philippines. Uh, and, and, and he just goes into his story and explains how he navigated out of these, these, these tricky, you know, life-threatening situations. Uh, and it's an absolutely brilliant, uh, brilliant book. Highly recommend it. I think Very. it has a lot of real-world application to Booktopia meetings. <laughs> exactly, and, and it's completely... Completely action-packed, and and also many core lessons that we can all apply to our our daily lives. So 
So one example is he dismisses win-win, the principles of win-win, and he says, what you need to do is basically transfer that energy and stop compromising. Just identify what you actually want. And if you don't get that, you can walk away from it. And 99% of the time, you'll end up getting what you need. Um, And of course, this is all very relevant, whether you're having a negotiation with your partner at home or whether you're having a negotiation with a business colleague at the office, it's applicable to all of us. Mm. Um, So it's it's a fantastic book and and really action-packed. Great, thank you. Christy. Right, the floor is yours, Sam. Thank you for a change of pace, I guess. (laughs) Um, I'm also reading a, a science fiction, very different science fiction to Peter of Hamilton. So I'm reading The Martian, by Andy Weir. This is a book that was on my wish list for a long time, um, particularly because I've seen the movie about five times and I just thought I've really got to read the book that it's based on. Um, and it turned out to be uh, on, in an ebook sale, so I got it for a few dollars, um, which was awesome. And I love discovering books that way. Uh, and it is people keep asking me oh is it is it different to the film you know you know is it not as good or is the is the book better than the film and i'd have to say they're probably equally fantastic uh, reading the book and having seen the movie so many times it is actually a fantastic adaptation of the book itself i think matt damon did a great job the writers did a great job of really capturing the voice of mark watney in the martian and when i'm reading the book it is so funny and so irreverent and it's it's the perfect kind of science fiction for me. Um, it's very accessible, I would say, in terms of science. I'm learning things about hydrogen, which is great. Um, but it's also just very... The character has a very irreverent and casual, slightly sweary <laughs> kind of personality, which I really enjoy. Uh, and it's, it's, yeah, it's written in a really fascinating way. I'm about halfway through it. Um, and I think coming into it after seeing the movie, uh, I am definitely envisioning the, the film characters as I'm reading the book, which is probably helping me because it's Mars. It's a very stark um, landscape. So the mo- having the movie in the back of my mind is really helping me flesh out those kinds of details. And it's similar with the other characters. I would say that Andy didn't spend a lot of time uh, describing what they look like. You get a real sense of the other characters' personalities but he, does, he doesn't spend really any time at all trying to tell you what they look like. You have to imagine it for yourself, which I think is a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I like that approach because yeah. sometimes you get a bit too distracted by descriptions of their riveting emerald green eyes and it's like, we get it. Yeah, cool. it's, it's not necessary and I, it's more fascinating to see, you know, who these people are and all the characters. So, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm really glad I picked it up and I think uh, I'm probably going to pick up um, the other books, you know, that he's written as well. I really want to read... Artemis and uh, his new book that's coming out, um, Hail Project Mary. Hail Mary. Project Hail Mary. Yeah. Mark's turned in his review for that, and he's just like, I cannot say anything about it because ah. it's like to say anything would like ruin it, but it's just, oh, it's so good. So oh, Mark wow. is a big fan, and Mark is very hard to please. Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna have to uh, have a look at this review and see what I think. Mm. Um, it's not up yet, but okay. I'll let well, you when know it when it is. Thank when you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no um, yeah, so that's one of the books I'm reading and I probably progressed really fast through that because it's such a <sighs> compulsive read. It's easy to read and you can just find yourself going all the way through it. Um, but I'm reading another book um, by Jennifer L. Armentrout. I've read a couple of her books. She writes mostly teen and YA. Um, and this is a, a YA fantasy probably for the upper end of 
YA fantasy, sort of like the the, the older readers, I, I think, in, in that genre. Um, it's called Storm and Fury. Oh, yeah. And it's the first book in a, a series called the Harbin- Harbinger, Harbinger series. Mm-hmm. Another word I can't say. Every time <laughs> I always thought one. it was Harbinger. And that know. sounds silly. Somehow. I'm going to have to listen to it. It's one of the words that I've only ever seen written down. Mm. Never hear it. What a shame. It's a great word. It is a great People word. People should use it more. Listeners, if you know how to pronounce this word, <laughs> please write in and tell us because we're all idiots. This is such a curse of readers, though. Sometimes we just make up our own pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Audio books are great. Yep. The amount of times before this podcast, I have to, how do you pronounce this word? <laughs> and I listen to it on YouTube. Because, yeah, again, I only ever read it, especially author names. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this is one, I'm, I'm probably going to finish The Martian and then come back to this one. But uh, So I've only read a little bit of it. But uh, I picked it up again. Um, it was on sale ebook, um, And I was intrigued by the premise of this one. Um, so it is about uh, Trinity. Uh, she's 18 years old. She's going blind, but she can see and communicate with ghosts and spirits. And her special powers are so secret and dangerous that she's been hiding for years in an isolated compound, fiercely guarded by wardens. What are wardens? They're shape-shifting gargoyles who protect humankind from demons, and the demons are coming and attacking us. Now, why did this... Why did this intrigue me? Why did it? (laughs) I mean, it was like, it was a couple of dollars. I was like, great, this sounds like a a fun read. Um, I just have a lot of nostalgia vibes for this. Do you remember this old show, this cartoon show about the hot gargoyles who start off in Scotland and then they're cursed and then they end up in New York City? I think it's on Disney+. Plus. My my history with gargoyles begins and ends with the Disney version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. No, different. Um, No, they're gargoyles. (laughs) They're not really sexy gargoyles. They're gargoyles and they protect New York City at night. Oh, that sounds amazing. From... Criminals, I don't know. I have a lot of nostalgia for this old cartoon. So when I saw that Jennifer L. Armantrout had written a book about gargoyles, I just decided I would read it. And that, that is it. That is my story. And I was going to say, this sounds like the bone season by Samantha Shannon. And then you brought hot gargoyles into it. Uh, so oh, oh the, the bone season? Okay, great. Mm. <laughs> no gargoyles in the oh, bone no season. No gargoyles? No, what a shame. It's just, it's such an uncommon, you know, in, in terms of paranormal fantasy and paranormal romance, you don't really see a lot. Gargoyles. So I was it's true. Just intrigued by you know this is this is a rare character type. I should check this out. I really need to look up fan art because I'm also okay. only picturing Hunchback of Notre no, Dame please. gargoyles, <laughs> and I can't I can't I'm picture this. that song to Cosimo. <laughs> no, no. Uh, this is so revealing. Um, <laughs> please look up the cartoon. <laughs> we'll we'll put a link to the trailer in the description or something. <laughs> Um, Save her. <laughs> so yeah, so I read about 10% of it. Um, so it's really only just started um, and she's a feisty character. She's feisty. Uh, she sets her boundaries. I appreciate that. Um, and she just wants to go out and battle the demons and everyone just wants to put it back in her in her cage. Um, and we'll see what happens next. But it looks very action-packed and fun and, uh, you know, a good, uh, a good weekend read, I think. That sounds great. Yeah. Tom's in here going, I did not sign up for gargoyle <laughs> talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like a, like a fish out of water right now. I feel like you're one. holding your own very well. Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, Tom. <laughs> yeah. We are. We forgot we to tell you this was science fiction theme today. <laughs> <laughs> and that we ball. mostly just talk crap. Um, absolute curveball thrown at me. <laughs> well, I'm about to throw a few more oh. at you all because it's time for Book Fight. Yes, it is. Uh, the weekly book trivia quiz that lives on in infamy. I forgot to write a different line there. I try and come up with a little funny line every week and then I forgot to do that this week. So you're all just going to have to live with my recycling a line. No Googling. <laughs> yeah, please shut your laptop, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Cheating, cheating. Alright, so I will be asking you all some tricky bookish questions, and our unlucky contestants will have to battle it out to get the correct answer in first. Um, you're all going to need your own buzzer words, so the word that you shout to say that you know the answer. So, Ash, what is your buzzer word? I'm going to go with star. The Pandora's star. Ooh. Oh, I just realised that's like Pandora's box. Oh. It took me that whole... I just just really yeah. it. Uh, this whole time I've, I've been waiting for a Pandora star to appear and it hasn't. Oh so. no, oh no, what's going to happen when they get there now? Ooh. Oh God, it completely makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined the ending. <laughs> Tom, what's your buzzer word? Um, cactus. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is there a cactus in here that I, I don't know about? see one. <laughs> I'm just looking at the blackboard and I've just spotted a little cactus drawing. So I've, uh, I've plucked it. We'll have to go see which children's author drew that. <laughs> right, and Sam, what's yours? Uh, I'm going to choose Storm. Storm. Not Gargoyle? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, actually, it's a strategy. Storm is fast and quick and easy to say. Mm. Oh, that is true. I remember like the very first time I went on this show, I picked Blueberry. I did not win that round, <laughs> just in case you're all wondering. <laughs> all right. Oh, God. Let me show you all the questions. Right, question one. I'm going to try and make... Th- I've tried to make them a little bit easy, but... My easy that. is everyone else's <laughs> difficult. So when we don't get any, we're all you gonna will get terrible. Them. There are definitely ones that you will get. I think I'm a firm underdog in this one. <laughs> hey, don't doubt the underdog. <laughs> all right, question one. Who was the very first winner of the Booktopia's favourite Australian book award? Stop. Stop. I don't know who that was. <laughs> I think I heard Sam. Mm. It, it was Kitty Flanagan. Yeah, correct. She won for 488 Rules for Life. I had to Google, like, the the, the exact number. That was like, is it 142? Is it 344? It was definitely some kind of, that like... That was a question in a book fight I was in. How many ah. Rules for Life? I got it wrong. But it's tricky. Mm. Okay. It's a good book, though. Uh-huh. Right. Question two. I love this question. So proud of myself for this one. The Australian First Nations poet Evelyn Araluen has just released her debut poetry and prose book, which mythical Australian creature is it named after? Star. Yes. Uh, the drop bear. Certainly is. <laughs> I love, I love the drop bear mythology. It's just like you travel the world convincing everyone else that mm. the drop bear exists mm. and it does not exist. Or does it? That's You'll never question. know. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. Read, uh, read drop bear to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question three. The 2021 Stella Prize winner Evie Wilde previously won the Miles Franklin Award in 2014. Which book did she win it for? This is admittedly a hard one. This is a hard one. Mm. Tom? Uh, I don't think there's any risk of me yelling out cactus. (laughs) (laughs) I knew she had one, but I don't know what for. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a clue. It's got an animal in the title. Drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Do we all give up? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get this. Sam, it's on you. Uh, if it has an animal in the title, okay, and for official purposes, Storm. Um, <laughs> koala. No, um, it is called All the Birds Singing. Okay, yeah, that was not going <laughs> to... I would have got there that eventually. Was a, I've got to throw in the curveball one, I told oh, you. Oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a tricky one. Let's see if you get this one. Question four. What is the name of Bill Gates' latest book? Storm, 
Yes, Sam. Uh, it's got climate change in it. Uh, and it's, it's, it's how to solve climate change, how to end climate change. Overcoming climate change. Mm, you are on the right avoiding. track, but no one said how to, avo- how to avoid. avoid climate change. How to, how to avoid a climate disaster. I'm going to give you that because you said storm and also that is the correct answer. <laughs> I, try, I tried to piggyback on it, but I failed. <laughs> Don't give competitors the answer. <laughs> okay. Is this why people say that I'm really competitive at book fight? <laughs> Have we ever faced off in book fight? Because I feel like there would be a nuclear cloud, <laughs> mushroom cloud. <laughs> I'm awful in book fight. I don't know why anyone I, listens to it. I, I, I either do really well or really poorly. I just, I go in there, I'm like, I'm going to be good this week. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be kind. And I just go in with... I'm like, I'm going to decimate all of them. Maybe that's why. Anyway, (laughs) question five. Not going to go down. (laughs) Sorry, question five. In which year was Stephen R. Covey's perennial bestseller, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, first published? Clue? It's in the 80s. Tom? 1983. You are incorrect. Also, did you have to say a buzzer? <laughs> <laughs> cactus, cactus, cactus. Um, you already said 1983 and that is not the correct answer. So we Are we just going to go to... Yeah, just keep it. saying them. A star. Uh, I'm going to go 87. Ooh, you're getting closer, but that is not the correct answer. Star. 86. No. <sighs> Do you have another go 88. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tom. <laughs> Yes. 89? Yes, it's 1989. <laughs> I was so close. I didn't want to I do it to you. I was so close. Giving you time to jump in. in. You gave it away. Oh, man. I, I hate being underprepared. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how you hard it is prepare to write? For this. I know, but it's also really hard to write questions. I think Nick and I have exhausted the first mm. two Google like search results, every <laughs> single page in the Google search results mm. for book trivia quiz. So we have to get creative. You should outsource people who aren't on the podcast. Oh, so submit questions. for other people. Mm. Yes. That's a good, that's a good idea. Just write who put, put that question in mm. to make sure they're not in it. That's a very good idea. Thank you. I'm going to take that on. <laughs> I'm going to book a meeting with Mark right after this. <laughs> right. Question six. If none of you get this, I swear to God. Taylor Swift's famous song, Love Story, riffs on which Shakespearean play? Storm. Yep. Romeo and Juliet. Certainly is. The tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. I always forget that it's the full title, it's Tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. All right. Shall we do a a, uh, points roundup? Sure. Tom, I'm so sorry. You have no points. (laughs) (laughs) You have two. Thank you. Sam, you have three. So this could be anyone's game. Provided it's just between you two. <laughs> okay. I actually wish it was just a little bit more of a whitewash so I could have someone that had zero points <laughs> with me. <laughs> I've been there, don't worry. <laughs> I've this been a zero pointer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Question seven. In which year did the Stella Prize begin? Storm. Yep. 2013. No. Oh. <sighs> close. It is close. Star. Yes. 2014. Oh, no. Come on, Tom. Wrong way. (laughs) 
So you said 2013. I'm going to need to hear your buzzword if you can. <laughs> Cactus, yep. 2012. You are correct. We have one for Tom. <laughs> A real 50-50 I'm, I'm toasting the champagne back here. <laughs> you know what? It's not zero. So that's... It's not zero. It's not zero. Right. Question eight is one that Tom will definitely not get. <laughs> Name two books which have been shortlisted for best novel at the 2021 Hugo Awards. No chance. I actually haven't seen this list. <gasps> haven't you? But I wrote this for you. Oh, no, didn't you send me the list before this? <laughs> All right, uh, what's come out in the last I know year? that Sam has read one of them. Um, Two of them. <laughs> I've got one I can probably guess. Go for it. It just depends if it came out. Is it The City We Became? Oh, the star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the City We Became? That is correct. That I is feel correct. like an N.K. Jemison is yeah. always a yeah. shoe-in. Yeah. yeah, she's great. But a second one. There are two points on offer here, I forgot to say. So I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Liv did mention that uh, I've read some of them, so there's a very small window about what it could be. It was not The Martian. <laughs> <laughs> the Martian came out years ago. It was a while ago. I'm going to have to open it up to Sam if... Wait. Star. Yeah? Did that Murderbot novel come out in time for this network again, effect? It did. And it is one of the correct answers. Well done. Yeah. Two points to Ash. <laughs> I would have Very underwhelming. <laughs> I, yeah. I would have also accepted Black, Hun Black Sun by Rebecca Rowanhorse, mm -hmm. Harrow the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. Oh, Muir. Also read Muir. Yeah. I, feel, I feel so bad, I can't say her name. Muir. Uh, Piranesi by Susanna Clark, and The Relentless Moon by Mary Robinette Cowell. Good list. I know, mm. it's a great list. Why isn't that book news? It was a while ago. It, oh, gosh. Okay. I'm so <laughs> It was like a week and a half ago. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. And also the winners aren't being announced till like December. And I'm like, that is really early that to announce wild. a shortlist. Anyway. Oh, this is a fun one. And I'm sorry in advance to Nick, who's going to have to spend a lot of time bleeping out words. Uh, but for, well, we should do like a final, a final tally of points because this is just, the, this is the last question. So we have Ash on four points, Sam on three, and Tom on one. Ooh, anyone's so game. This, Real this one really is anyone's game. Tom <laughs> could sweep through. <laughs> Don't laugh, you could. <laughs> Name as many books as you can with the word <laughs> and its derivatives in the title. Subtle lot, I'm not giving it. <laughs> I'm going to need to hear your buzzer word. <laughs> Give me a character, yep. So you said the subtle art of not giving a... <laughs> Well, I'm lost now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a point. I'll give you a point for that. What are, what are the derivatives? It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, plural. And yeah, <laughs> plural. Sorry, my bad. I have a list here, so like, that I'm going to read out anyway. <laughs> Gosh, there's really only the one big one, isn't there? Oh, Probably um, not. Storm. There, yeah. there was also a, a few... And, uh, takes on on this one, I believe it was one of them called. There was one about uh, cleaning, I think, or it wasn't the subtle art. Was it was it? based on Marie Kondo's yeah title, like her common mantra. Not mantra, but like the title of her book. But it's 
the the life-changing magic of not giving up. You are correct. That is one. I'm going to need one of you two to get another point here because Sam and Ash are both on four points now. Wasn't there one about books that fucked up the world? It's not on my list, but I will Google it up. <laughs> I'll take like a points break to Google. <laughs> Sam, put that phone away. Sorry, Tom, what was that one? <laughs> uh, what else we got? Um, Do you all give up? I don't have any more questions. Isn't, I'm sure there's like a bunch of titles which is, like, which is just like <coughs> something. Like fuck. <sighs> Close. Guys, I was wrong. It wasn't ten books that fucked up the world. It was ten books that screwed up the world. Oh, that's upsetting. That's such a shame. That was a very good picture book. Go to oh. just leave. Yep. That's rude. Is there a sequel? Wasn't there a sequel? She gave If there is, so I up. didn't put it on my list. It's favouritism if I've ever seen it. <laughs> Listen, all right, well, you okay, get it. You can have a go. straight in her eyes. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get this. Don't bother. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to, like, to give you the clue. No, nah, I'm good. I've done better than I usually do, so. Okay. Do we all give up? I think we all give yeah. up. Yeah. This has been another disastrous book fight quiz brought to you by Olivia Frico. <laughs> I would have also accepted, uh, what <coughs> should I make for dinner? Oh, yeah. Feelings. Unfuck <coughs> your brain. Unfuck <coughs> your habitat. The life-changing magic of not giving <coughs> No, get your shit together. Oh, that's not. There's also my bad. a book. Um, that's just notes. I believe there's one also called um, Your Finances as well. Oh, there is too. You know yeah. what? I'll give you another point for that. <laughs> At this point, you've already won. Sam is our winner for book fight. She doesn't need you to be nice to her. <laughs> I do. I'm the one that gets right, flow notifications and tasks from her. <laughs> this gives me like a one week reprieve, right? Uh, <laughs> when you win. Two days. <laughs> oh, there's also one called Love. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. There you go. Enjoy oh. that, Nick. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> language one. And we probably should have said that before. Language one. All right. That is... <laughs> all right, let's wrap up this disaster podcast. <laughs> That's all we have time for this week. So thank you so much to Ash, Sam and Tom for joining me today on the Weekend Booktopian. And thank you to all of our wonderful listeners who tune in week after week. Weekend Booktopian is produced by Nick Wasiliev. And you can find more episodes of this show, as well as other fun podcasts, on our SoundCloud and Apple Podcast channels. Uh, you can also find more fun bookish content on our blog, The Booktopian, including book recommendations from Drop Bear author Evelyn Araluen, um, and a Q&A with the legendary picture book author John Classen. So thanks, guys, for joining me again. Thanks, Liv. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us, Liv. I hope you want to come back, Tom, because this has been fun. <laughs> Same time next week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.